and comes over to hang out and I'm dead center Main Street. Yeah, that's true. So what do you what what did you want to talk about, Noah? It's a great question. I really don't know. You like, don't know? I still don't understand or like know what I want to talk about. Um so like yesterday you said that you were gonna start a podcast. You're gonna start a podcast, or what was that about? Well, I already have. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I have the first episode like recorded, but I still need to like edit it, I guess. Um mm. I had Sean and Moses on. And we really, it was more of like a bullshitting podcast, to be honest. It was like a very, <laughs> it was a very um, not serious podcast. It was a very like, we talked about like how, why, like Betty White dying, John Madden dying, like very like uh-huh. current, like 2021 or 20, I, don't know, I guess it's 2022 now, like uh-huh. things that are happening now hmm. and not like philosophical things, right, you know, right. not very intellectual things, more like um, social media, mainstream things. Uh-huh. Have you been on the seminary podcast? Uh, no, I haven't. Do you want to be? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of a little bit. Yeah, Rowan definitely interests me in the way he thinks. Um, I've only listened to like two episodes. I was going to listen to the other ones. But I, I haven't, haven't listened around. to any episodes. Oh, really? I've only heard about it through word of mouth. Oh. Um, I do kind of want to get on that, though. Um, I feel like he has a very nice mixture of religion and um, religion and what's the like how can i describe it best theology like, yeah Philosophy. i don't know he definitely conspiracy oh conspiracy of religious religious and, cons- and conspiracy yeah religious conspiracies almost i don't know rowan has a very different way of looking at the world than most people like mm-hmm. he's a very he's he's not a sheep i can give him that he's not a sheep following the herd mm-hmm. <laughs> if anything he's following a uh more cult like her <laughs> so um, what is your podcast gonna be about i don't even know i couldn't even come up with a name for it oh, like that's why you know mine um was originally finding ideas and now it's just the cold and kirby podcast because or cold and kirby's podcast because i don't have a name and i could just do like the shafty experience like that could be it oh yeah that could be it i don't know um, but you're going a little bit joe rogany there so yeah, fair, fair. You become more creative. Probably. I've never actually listened to an episode of Joe Rogan. No, you haven't. I've only no. listened to I've a couple. Only, I've only watched clips. Mm. Like well, I've seen. You can like, watch a lot of clips. So yeah, there's there's a lot of controversial clips of um Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Isn't he like a a political podcast? I don't know. He kind of talks to anyone. Yeah. Really. I don't know. I know he talked to Jake Paul. Uh-huh. Um. I've well, he's talked, talked to, to like everyone. Yeah, he he sends out an email and they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, love to come on." Like, well, it's because like the biggest podcast that there is. That's very fair. Um, I don't really know. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. The only podcast I really do listen to is the Misfits. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know and them. it's it's a podcast about BSing. No. So, um, uh, like they talk about a lot of like drugs. No. <laughs> they're essentially they're essentially a youtube group mm-hmm. um and they just talk about their experiences and like their things that are happening in life and like they do talk about like some pretty deep calm subjects sometimes like um i don't know just like random deep like subjects that you know you normally don't stumble across mm-hmm. but like they're a very tight-knit group of like six friends or more like there's a lot of them but like they think the main group is like six of them mm-hmm. and like when you get to know each other that well you can kind of like dive into any conversation sure you know mm-hmm. but um 
I do listen to this guy on YouTube. Um, his name is Thoughty2. I don't think um, I've heard of him either. So essentially, how do you spell it? Uh, thought with a Y, two. So it's supposed to like kind of sound like 42. Okay. Which I don't quite understand, but um, he talks about a lot of interesting history um, subjects. Okay. He also talks about um, like conspiracies. Okay. But he doesn't like he doesn't deny nor approve the conspiracies he just kind of lightens the knowledge on it you know mm -hmm. so like the video i watched last night was on um pygatherian uh the pygatherians which was essentially a cult um uh assembled by pygatherius um and they worshipped numbers mm -hmm. it was extremely weird and in order to join you had to do a five-year vow of silence mm. Um, you could not, uh, you had to remain in abstinence. Mm -hmm. You could not, um, talk about it. You could not talk about the things that were learned in, um, Pygatherius club. Hmm. <clears throat> and the reason this happened. So essentially he moved from Italy. He was, he was moving all around. So eventually he found himself in, I think Italy, I think it was Croatia hmm. or Croton, sorry, Croton. Yeah, well, that was that was like pre that was yes, this was like pre Aristotle, pre Plato. Mm -hmm. So, and he's um, it's actually not even shown that he came up with Pythagorean theorem. No, really. No, he did not come up with it. Um, it was um, it was the community to, at large or what? What do you mean? Like just the community kind of came up with it through their own thinking and being together. I think so. I think that the uh, no one really knows how it got associated with his name. Well. Oh. But um, there was proof of the Pygatherian theorem found in ancient Babylon, hmm. um, which is like dating thousands of years before, or I think a thousand years before he was even born. Hmm. But he was definitely like an extremely smart maths guy. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and essentially there was like some weird rules. Like <laughs> there was some very weird rules. So I think I can't remember, but you had to take five year vowel silence. And then there was another 10 year thing. Hmm. It was like, I think eight years. So it, it basically in order to join his club, you have to go. Oh, okay. No. So there's, there's two groups. There are the listeners and the learners. Mm -hmm. The listeners were there to, as their name like obviously suggests listen to Pygatherian and um listen to his concepts and like understand them and kind of learn about them right mm -hmm. so you had to take a five-year vow of silence while doing that you could not speak no matter what um and if you did you're out of the club bye gone so and then after that you join the inner circle of learners which essentially um help Pygatherian um, establish more grounds of knowledge. Hmm. So they would um, help him find more knowledge in the way of math. Like um, they would figure out new theories and like they would try to figure out like, why are we here using math? Mm -hmm. And um, the most interesting part of their um like cult mm -hmm. but they called it a school but it was really a cult. like it was like some um oh who was the guy manson what was his first name mark no man like uh john manson or something charlie manson i don't know he he led like a mass cult in okay. the in the 70s hmm. yeah i don't know that I was on jim jones do you know who jim jones is mm -hmm. so it was like a very like jim jones cult like vibe mm -hmm. um 
And I know, like, I'm gonna get called retarded for not knowing <laughs> the the first name of Manson, but um. Yeah, well, I don't know either. So, <laughs> but um, essentially, the cult was um worshiping the number ten hmm. because of the fact, and they also worshipped whole numbers. They thought that the world could be described with whole number whole numbers until this guy can't even remember his name it's some weird latin greek name you know the ones that they want you to remember but you never remember <laughs> um and he came in and he proved that um there is irrational numbers that um can explain things like so essentially what he used is pygatherian's own theorem against him mm. and he was in oh uh, i was like habesis or something i can't even remember how to okay. say it but he took the like the Pythagorean theorem is essentially taking the square of two sides of the triangle to figure out the other side. Mm -hmm. And if you take the square, I think of a triangle with a right angle, but an, um, it's uh, like a longer, it's like more spread out. I can't even remember how they explained it. Mm -hmm. um, that it is a um, never repeating, never ending decimal, which is an irrational number. Right. So he gets, not even reprimanded, but um, Pagatherius sentences him, um, sentences him to death by drowning. Hmm. So definitely very cult-like. And they worshipped the um, Tetra. It was, it was essentially, so you add one, two, three, and four, and you get the number 10. Mm -hmm. And so it was one triangle, two triangles, three triangles, and four triangles. And with those, that made up 10 points with the triangles. So they worshipped a big triangle made out of smaller triangles mm -hmm. that was what they worshiped too right well it's all interesting too because um you know plato was heavily influenced by some of these individuals in these groups mm -hmm. as well and Plato's interesting um partly because he's so influential in western and all thought in general you know <laughs> so um and this idea of the perfect numbers and all this other type of stuff that you're describing is definitely you know deeply rooted within what we're dealing with today i feel mm -hmm. like but yeah I, I feel like it's very easy to worship anything like mm -hmm. yeah. if you find something that you truly believe in it's very easy to follow that yeah like, well in some sense that's what worship is yeah it's your undivided attention and full orientation towards some object or person or entity right? something you believe is higher than yourself uh-huh yeah and you direct all your energies towards that oh yeah and also the cult they they couldn't eat fava beans i didn't even <laughs> do you know what a fava bean no. is i didn't either until last night essentially um they thought fava beans were a reincarnation of all of your past lives huh. and they had to remain in abstinence and have a vegetarian diet hmm. because it's essentially they were kind of going for the same thing as buddhism where you are truly trying to find self-enlightenment and leave your body and become a divine power, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, they weren't trying mm -hmm. to follow a god. They were trying to become one, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but you couldn't eat fava beans. And um, the most, like, my favorite theory on the way um, he died, um, Pygatherius, mm -hmm. is that he um was he so essentially they came in and they burned down his school and um his followers had laid down a they had thrown themselves on the flames to create a path for him to walk on mm. 
and he had almost escaped his um, pursuers. But he um, st- um, stopped dead in his tracks as he realized he was in front of a fava bean plantation. What? So instead of stepping on his ancestors or his past spiritual bodies mm-hmm. or whatever, he um, was violently killed oh. by the pursuers. Dang. <laughs> instead of stepping on that. And then the other theories are that he didn't die there and died later on and that he um, died in the burning building. Hmm. But I think it's just, I think the best one is definitely the fava bean story. Like, you can't beat that. I don't know. There's always been a weird, weird sense of cults. Like, yeah. and like, what makes a cult a cult, though? Like, it's just that their perception of what they think is a higher being than our perception of a higher being is different. It's the only thing that describes it as a cult. Hmm. Do you think it could be that they're so fringe from the norm of what people understand life to be yeah i could see that like they were very uh they lived very eccentric lifestyles Uh like um we definitely whether we know it or not subconsciously consciously whatever have a very definitive sense of normalness Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. going to church on sunday is a very normal thing Mm -hmm. for most people but um like you know sacrificing your body in the name of a higher being is not very normal to us like Mm -hmm. that's not seen as very normal but also like meditating for days on end doesn't seem normal to us but like buddhist monks think that's completely normal Mm -hmm. so it's just very the way you were raised your environment and your beliefs is what makes your sense of normality yeah 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 and it also seems like cults in some ways are very exclusive like you're describing there's a high entry bar into being inside of the group and in group and so that almost makes it feel cultish you know yeah i feel like they're like in church like in catholic religion Mm -hmm. or like i don't know if i'm completely correct but there's not like a very sense of like hierarchy is there in catholicism there definitely is that's why you have the pope and uh, oh, okay, yeah. and stuff of that but religion. like in like um what's what's the religion like the methodist uh-huh. that's what i'm thinking like methodist mormon what else there's like latter-day saints what else latter-day saints are basically mormons oh, okay. but are you thinking of more like protestant yeah like uh-huh. there's like really like the only hierarchy is like the people who come to, like to church and the priest right well it depends on what you're talking about like mormonism or lds the lds church for example is very hierarchical um <clears throat> maybe they wouldn't want to describe themselves that way but uh i think that's a fair read on how they operate um within most protestantism it's not as hierarchical as catholicism but it's still as hierarchical but then you have these quote-unquote non-denominational um, churches where it's just the local church. Yeah. And the only leaders is not even the pastor. It's a board of, they call them elders or deacons. And so those are yeah. very um, non-hierarchical in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> but like the only like, I guess like the best example of like a religious leader I can think of is the Dalai Lama. like he is a very um i think that is so interesting the way they decide the dalai lama like so do you know how that works Mm -mm. okay so essentially the dalai lama is the um 
he is the leader of buddhism he is the reincarnation of the previous Dalai lama which is um essentially he's the 14th currently mm-hmm. so you go back to the first and that is the first Dalai lama that is the person who essentially if i'm not wrong created buddhism like the idea of buddhism hmm. That was the, the first person. Oh, yeah. So, no, he was. So, the first Dalai Lama was the first person that was um, spoken to by Buddha. Okay. Right? Or like self enlightened. Okay. However you want to put it, whatever their goal is. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so, essentially, they have the, I forget what the subsidiary group of the Dalai Lama is, but they have the Dalai Lama and then they have like the Lamas or something. Okay. I can't remember what they're called. Okay. But this is essentially a group of people <coughs> who take um, years. Like, I think it took 18 years since the 13th Dalai Lama, like, since, like, he was introduced to find the second or to find the, like, next one. And they still haven't found the 15th one. So, essentially, every Dalai Lama is the reincarnation of the last. So, what they do is they search, like, all of the world for mm-hmm. him, right and that can take quite a bit of time as you could imagine searching through 7.68 billion people mm-hmm. how many is it like 7.2 right now yeah i don't know quite a bit of people yeah there's a lot like, of people on this planet <clears throat> and so what they do is they bring a selection of toys with them and okay. what's the they thing? lay down six toys right huh. and like um they present it in front of a child right mm. And the child has to choose the two toys that were the previous Dalai Lama's toys. Hmm. So when this Dalai Lama um, was found, the current one we have, um, he had like immediately grabbed the beads. And I think it was like a, like a wooden doll that the previous Dalai Lama had and said, they're mine. And he was like two. So like, obviously like very oblivious to the whole Buddhism thing at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what they do. That is their role in life is to find the next Dalai Lama. And like, that's the most hierarchical. How do you say it? Hierarchical. Hierarchical thing I can think of <laughs> in religion is the um, Buddhism hierarchy. Yeah, well, I don't know that much about Buddhism, but what's interesting about Buddhism is it's basically, it's hard to say, because it's not exactly anti-individualistic, because a lot of things are anti-individualistic yes. in terms of the... Um, like, in order to become a um, like a higher-level monk, you have to give up your worldly possessions. Yeah, not only that, but it's kind of this sense of emptying everything that you are mm-hmm. um, in service of emptiness i guess yeah. or a detachment yeah so essentially they believe in finding self-enlightenment in themselves um and they think that i'm not i'm not super sure how buddhism works i'm really interested by it and i'm fascinated and i'd love to go and learn about it but um they are trying to find divine enlightenment mm-hmm. and through that they lose all worldly attachment mm-hmm. um they uh and that's the same thing with um the pygatherius cult i guess you'd say mm-hmm. um they had to also give up all worldly attachments except for the clothes on their back hmm. and they had to give up their houses and they have to live with other listeners and learners right 
which is almost how Buddhism works. It's um, you give up all of your worldly possessions, you give up your house, you give up everything except for the clothes on your back. And then you also have to, I think, to become a Buddha, uh, like a monk, you mm. have to fast for, I think, a month mm. or something. You have to fast for quite a bit. And then obviously they have their, I forget what the date's called, but they have like every <laughs> month, I think, where they have to fast for an entire day. Oh. Or am I thinking about the Jewish one? <laughs> no, I can't remember. I well, even in going. even in Eastern Orthodox Christianity, and supposedly in some Catholicism, you're supposed to fast in some fashion every Wednesday and Friday. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I think that I don't understand what the relevancy behind fasting is with religion. I think it's kind of so that you are not um, wanting to fulfill your desires, and so you look to something else. Um, for strength instead of your own desires because people actually have um, food is actually eating is actually the most pleasurable thing that people do on a, if you're going to actually measure it on a psychological scale and so to abstain from eating and instead have to look to something else to fulfill you um, I think that's kind of the point well okay that makes sense now um that's like the most pleasurable thing though like psychologically leveled mm -hmm. more than sex for really for each gender mm -hmm. wow i don't know like even like gambling and winning money mm -hmm. it's it's a so sex is the second most and it's not that high above sex so like if they were going to rank them like i saw this one ranking scale is like point um because it was on a you know point scale so 0.97 or 95 was sex and 0.97 was eating oh okay so um that's that's odd that's very odd like, <laughs> i could not mean? imagine i think i think the reason that we don't find like we don't think about eating in that way like so pleasurably is the fact that it's such a everyday occurrence mm -hmm. to the point where it is like well you didn't eat today that's are you okay like <laughs> like obviously it's a necessity but you don't need to eat every day like mm -hmm. you can go what i think it's a month without eating yeah i actually haven't ate anything today except for i had a couple of oranges i had some chocolate milk this morning those candies <laughs> i mean um i'm very bad about that too like yesterday um <clears throat> all i ate was a pack of fruit snacks an orange two bananas before practice and then i had a bag a small like you know those like little bags you get in those big boxes of like chips and stuff yeah i had like a tiny like two tiny bags of pretzels and a tiny bag of popcorn yeah so it's it's very like well i'm really hungry right now uh, i could go another two hours without eating <laughs> i don't need to eat right now yeah. i don't know i feel like um most of the time i like to eat at least twice a day but it didn't happen because i was at the deal this morning for the banners and then i had to go take my brother to um piano right before i picked you up and then now here we are now we, here we are haven't gotten to eat anything i haven't either today actually i think the first thing i ate was like those two gummies that you offered me <laughs> um yeah also my sleeping schedule is very very not okay <laughs> yeah i know you talked about that i have a very erratic sleeping schedule and i think that partially what deal um what um adds to that is adhd add which um they wanted to put me on meds for mm. but i don't think that that's like right to do like ethically right you know what do you mean i feel like 
and this is also like on a personal um, opinion, but um, like obviously people have lived for thousands of years before me with way more severe cases of ADHD, ADD, and have done just fine. Mm-hmm. And like obviously um, ADD, ADHD contributes to some negative things about some people's personalities. Mm-hmm. I've also found that it um, contributes a lot of per- like positive things. Mm. Um, uh, you get really like OCDs at points, mm. right? So I'm very weird. And like the way I figured out, like, um, like I went to a psychologist after I'd like thought I had it because also my cousin has very severe ADHD. Like if he does not take his meds, he bounces off of the walls. Like absolutely. Like you could put him in a mental hospital in the eighties because of the fact that he is so like off the wall when he's not on Ritalin. But um, the way I figured out kind of was, um, through watching other creators online with ADHD, ADD, and they kind of like explain some of the things that they thought was weird, right? Mm. And the first thing I had realized was I my room was either absolutely trashed or immaculately clean. Huh. It was always, it was never in between. It was one or the other. Because like, if I want it to be clean, it is going to be immaculately clean. I'm talking like dusting underneath the TV. Like... <laughs> that kind of weird stuff you know <laughs> everything has to be organized put in a specific place hmm. but also for the most of the time like my room is absolutely trash like <laughs> there's like there's like a few cans on the floor there a few socks over here you know yeah it's pretty trash it's, it's pretty trashed mm-hmm. but then when i clean it it's very like ocd like i have ocd at times which is weird like when i make my bed like i never make my bed but when i make my bed there can be no wrinkles in the sheets hmm. none i can't have wrinkles hmm. So I'll spend 30 minutes getting wrinkles out of my sheets. Mm. <laughs> but um, another thing is that I learned that, like, I would love to do things, but I'm very lazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, obviously part of that is my psychological, like, not ADD, ADHD. That is just very, like, me personally. Like, mm-hmm. I am a very non-motivated person. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there are points where I feel like I need to do something. So I become overly productive. Mm. Um, and that's another sign of ADHD is if you, if you feel like you're being lazy, so you do something that's overly productive, mm. like I won't do homework for a week, but then I'll feel really bad about it. So I'll do homework for like two days straight. Mm. Like I've spent, like I've went two weeks out doing homework and then I'll spend a straight 18 hours doing homework mm. just because of the fact that I feel guilty about not doing it. Mm um and it's and then i finally went to a psychologist not on my own will but that's a different story for a different time (laughs) but um i was neurological not psychotic thank god um and they also were like like talking to my mom and my mom eventually talked to me and they were like do you want to put your son on like um adhd medication and i was like no because i feel like it's a very it, it changes who you are mm. mentally and chemically mm. to the point where it doesn't feel like you're yourself. Mm. But like, if your case is so severely bad like that, I can understand why you take like medicine for that. And it's not like I'm like going to like criticize for somebody for taking medicine for like a psychological issue. Like my uncle has schizophrenia mm-hmm. and like, obviously if that's left untreated, that can go like very poorly. Mm-hmm. So it's not like um, I'm against all medication for everybody for like um, mental disorders or like psychological disorders, but I'm definitely like, I don't personally want to partake in it, mm. but I can also see why other people would. Right. 
And I feel like that's a viewpoint that a lot of people have to have on a lot of things in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm personally not religious, but I can see why you are religious. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not personally a part of the LGBTQ plus community, but I can see why you are, you know, like it's a very um, I'm not you are. I have to see it from your perspective viewpoint thing. Mm-hmm. So why are you not religious? Noah? <sighs> here we go. OK, so I don't particularly believe that there is a higher being uh-huh. like like if there was a higher being it would show itself you know like what do you mean i i don't know i feel like there'd be like more evidence like physical evidence like i'm a very i'm a very firm believer in the um scientific method like i believe that anything can be proved through the scientific method of Uh peer review and through numbers and wow i really am a pagatherius (laughs) no but um, modernist (laughs) yeah very modernist i believe that everything can be described and explained through either science and chemistry and physics um physics physics thank you and um biology yeah the big three i feel like everything can be described through that okay like recently um people are finding out the point of the appendix like um they believe that it's used to store um proactive gut bacteria okay and um they're finding um signs of evolution like you know that little um weird thing you have in the corner of your eye right here it's sure yeah like the uh like like a (laughs) membrane almost okay so have you ever seen the membrane of an eye on a crocodile where they can so essentially crocodiles have two eyelids they have a clear eyelid Mm -hmm. and they have a full eyelid okay and that is a um trait of like hawks and birds and um chimpanzees Okay. So the more and more we look at our um, weird traits that we have no use for, like um, our wisdom teeth, mm-hmm. which is like one of the most common like signs of evolution, like people point to, is that um, our ancestors' diets used to be much more like raw food, seeds, vegetables, like tough meat. So you needed an extra pair of teeth. And um, if you look back at like um, skeletons from like BC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, their jaws are much larger on an average scale than ours are currently Mm -hmm. because of the fact that our diets are way um, less intensive on our jaws Mm -hmm. and way less intensive on our teeth. Hmm. So what do you think about the fact that let's say a higher power would be by definition, supernatural in science studies, the natural by definition? Yeah. I feel like it'd be supernatural. Yeah. But how could science study something that's supernatural? Um, It's a very, fine line of studying something that's supernatural and using supernatural studies or like using natural studies to study something supernatural if that makes sense like you can't exactly use um normal like if you want to figure out how a heart of an alien works like you can't use an ekg machine like you can't use like the modern things that we use to um record these statistics or to understand these things Mm -hmm. um but I do think that, like, the way so technology has advanced thousands of times quicker currently than it ever has in our world. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really think about it, it's insane. Early 1900s, I think the most, like, um, advanced piece of technology we had was probably, like, cars. Mm -hmm. Right? And those were very, like, very... um, not like not wide access right until 1919 when henry ford made the most affordable car ever um and 
from that time of not everyone having a car to now, we have small devices in our pockets where we can look up simply anything we want to. Mm-hmm. And we have infinite access to the vast amount of knowledge that humanity has gathered. Yeah. When previously, 40 years ago, you had to go to a library and look for a specific book. And if they didn't have the book, well, you were SOL. You can't find that information. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's very, I think that if we want to study something supernatural as God, um, we would be able to quickly come up with a way to study it. But it's supernatural. Well, yeah, but also like. But what does science study? The natural. So how could science study the supernatural? (laughs) Okay, but what describes supernatural? Something that's beyond the natural. Something that's spirit and not matter. Okay, so you can't exactly measure I don't know. I don't know why, but my mind keeps going to like those ghost hunter shows, you know, like those, um, I don't know what they're called, but those little machines that, um, um, like, unless if God is using a way of means of communication that we have never experienced before, um, then like, I could understand how we couldn't study that. But I feel like in most general scenarios, like, I feel like you can either talk through radio waves, you can talk through um, airwaves, you can talk through so many different ways. Like you can communicate with other people through so many different ways, even like Morse code, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't quite understand what our purpose here is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like is is our purpose here to find our enlightened selves? Like is our purpose to um, create a better humanity? Is it to... Um, infinitely live on as a humanity which like obviously this is the question people have been pondering for thousands of years mm-hmm. right hundreds thousands of years but like now more than ever it seems as though like obviously i could see like um covid being like a trial of god right sure so um like i feel like we all get our own trials of fire individually but we also get those trials of fire um and massive groups mm-hmm. like um really great netflix show i watched um i'm pretty sure you guys have heard of it, it was super overhyped um but uh it has leonardo dicaprio and leonardo dicaprio in it and um jennifer lawrence and it's called don't look up mm-hmm. and i watched it through a second time and i really like kind of watched for like small specific details mm-hmm. about like um the commentary on our current world okay and it's essentially the movie is about a giant um, comet headed straight for Earth. And it's a 99.78% chance that it's going to hit Earth. So obviously, with only a 22% chance or 0.22% chance it doesn't hit Earth, like literally just grazing off of the side of it, um, that obviously you need to do something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the world is so devised and split apart on it that eventually um it gets down to like 20 days and spoiler alerts for the movie um (laughs) essentially they um try to send up a um a rocket right and they send up a bunch of nukes with it and this man called peter isherwell who is established earlier in the movie um comes in and he um he owns this huge (laughs) huge um tech company called bash cellular right and they make computers cell phones whatever right Mm. and this is more of like a futuristic kind of america Mm -hmm. like i'd say like 40 years down the line um and essentially he's created like algorithms that can predict how you diet at a 96.5 percent accuracy um 
he has created algorithms that um, can detect your emotions mm-hmm. off of um, like blood pressure, heart rate, whatever. And um, this is all like using your phone in hand. This is like no medical device. What like this is just phone in hand measuring everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so the launch is a success, right? Eighty-six uh, percent mission probability that it works, and. Um, this guy who owns this huge tech company comes in, right? Um, and he speaks to the president while the launch is still happening. And the president flips it around. So they completely, um, they completely, like, leave the idea of setting it off course. And instead, what they do is they um, find $32 trillion worth of um, assets for computers. And I think it's $140 trillion total of um, rare earth resources that are on this meteoroid. So essentially, they attempt to, with 24 days left, right? So they have to build all of this and get this up there within 24 days or else the world ends. And they get it up there and essentially they create these uh, what they call beads which is bash explorer and acquired drones and um they are these huge like massive drones with huge drills in them and they have these um like new science um like newly discovered like fission explosives right so they put them deep into the meteoroid and their um their plan is to destroy it into 20 smaller meteoroids but in order to do this, um, like a myriad of things have to go correctly. So they all have to have a um, completely safe landing. They all have to take off perfectly. They all have to land well. They all have to um, like at the same time detonate or else it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So they finally get up there. They put down the drills and they um, insert the explosives with two days before the world ends. Right. And people are kind of like finally coming to like, wow, this is really happening. Because for like two, two and a half months beforehand, people didn't even believe them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very like, that's a very human nature thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like to not, to be in denial of something catastrophic about to happen. Like um, best um, like equivalent I have to that is when a UK reporter wrote on the Holocaust um, and the death camps found in Germany after they'd been liberated. And um, he had put in his um, article that if you are truly disgusted and horrified by this and you are upset with me, then I am glad you read this mm-hmm. because of the fact that people were in such denial about it. Like until they had finally seen photos of it and like heard real accounts of it, like they didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And so they put down the drones, they blow it up. It doesn't work. So meteoroid comes crashing down, hits earth, right? Mm -hmm. Entire earth catastrophically destroyed. Everyone's dead, except for the people that had no risk in losing it. So essentially they're so technologically advanced that they have this, um, uh, like airship, I guess that essentially looks for a planet that resembles earth. So they finally find a planet that resembles Earth after I think four thousand years or something. Like it kind of like skips ahead, like you know, typical movie, and then it ends um, after they die because it's like a very primordial Earth. Like it's like dinosaurs basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it and I was like, "Wow, that was a really good movie." And then last night I watched through it again, and I saw a lot of key points that made me realize that. Um, 
like they're very it's very it's a very big commentary on the way our world works currently so like at one point in the story no one cared about the um meteorite right mm-hmm. so um and everyone was focused on this singer and this dj breaking up which was like blowing up social media right so that's like a commentary on our priorities mm-hmm. and what we think is important and what's really not important and then um our greed being our downfall which has been a very like relevant topic in like all of history right and it was just a very interesting like i would recommend watching this for anyone like and just like looking for small key details like um and obviously the movie pokes a lot of fun it's a very like a satirical movie um like um so essentially the woman who found it was a michigan state student um kate dibiaski and the comet was named Dibiaski after her. And um, she was memed the hell out of on because so essentially went on to a TV show to explain their um, thing. Right. And the TV show had taken no seriousness to them whatsoever. They did not like care about her. Like they didn't, they didn't care like at all. Right. Because they were more, they were more preoccupied with this singer and this DJ breaking up um and so the kate gets upset and she like screams we're all going to die right like what do you guys not understand about this like we will die in three months and the only thing that happens is that the um backlash on the internet um memes her like badly so she's seen as this crazy person Mm -hmm. And it's just very interesting to watch and to um, kind of like like look at the commentary on humanity. And like, I feel like a lot of movies do a great job at that, of creating a commentary on our current um, society. And um, it's even like movies like, um, like one of my favorite theories is that dreams are a commentary on our personal um, psycho- uh, psychologic- psychology. <laughs> words are hard sometimes yeah but a lot of people theorize that dreams if you look closely at them if you have a dream journal and you write them down after you wake up um that you will create parallels with your things going on in life currently so like the best thing i can think of um i had a dream where i was like i was like eight at the time by the way <laughs> like this is one of like the two dreams i remember and i was inside of an arcade right and this i think this was around the time my parents divorced by the way so i was eight like the nine ten so i was like a huge i'm still a huge star wars nerd so darth vader walks into this um arcade that i'm sitting in right and i'm like absolutely beyond terrified because it's like darth vader dude like every kid be terrified of darth vader if walked in so and then i run out and i go to like the parking lot and my dad is um like come on get in get in right and he's in his truck and his truck is chained and then after that like his truck is like chained to the building so he can't leave and after that like it's just nothing right Mm -hmm. and i can look back and i can like realize some person like i can realize that like the the symbolism of this evil person walking in is the symbolism of um somebody that i don't like entering my life Mm -hmm. like somebody who i don't enjoy entering my life and then the symbolism of my dad being chained to the building is the symbolism of um 
like being stuck here like mm-hmm. in salmon like because i really don't like enjoy living here i really want to like i do i like i do understand the appeal of living in a small town like this mm-hmm. but i really don't want to um like live the rest of my life here obviously like, right. i would love i would love to live in a, like a bigger place like la new york just to experience it even mm-hmm. but like at a young age you're very stuck where you were born like mm-hmm. until your parents decide where to move to mm-hmm. But if you just look through, like, everything in life has a symbolism and a commentary on our current society mm-hmm. or, like, your current um, psychological mindset. Mm-hmm. But don't you think that that's something that we can't exactly measure? You know, all these forces that are working within us aren't exactly measurable in a scientific data set. Yeah, which is... Um, but they're still real, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's a very weird thing because um science is essentially measuring the things that we can measure right um in a scientific um way i mean we yeah. can measure things in a non-scientific way yeah but science is essentially measuring something in a scientific way to um prove scientific findings <clears throat> so how do I measure the um, symbolism and, char- and the characteristics of my psychological mindset? Well, the best way I can do that with science is to measure the hormones and chemicals that are firing off mm-hmm. my brain, like dopamine, um, serotonin, blah, 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 blah right? Endorphins, um, endocrines, the endocrine mm-hmm. system. Um, and I still feel like there's a large majority of the human mind that we do not understand yet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's definitely a lot more science that we need to put into it. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Um, like the best way I can put it is like our ocean still isn't even fully explored mm-hmm. and we've been living here on this planet for millions of years not millions right I can't remember like <laughs> depends on what your anthropology it, yeah is. It, it depends on what you believe in but um we've been living here for quite a while mm-hmm. like um and we still have not found the technology yet to we, we've we've explored more of state space than we have our ocean mm-hmm. so it's still very odd to think that we live in a very um, uncharted place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the, when we get to the point of full ocean exploration and we have found everything in the ocean, that we will have a more like enlightened sense of science. Like, I feel like we'll be able to understand more because I do believe that there's a lot of secrets hiding in the ocean. Yeah, like, perhaps. But like, what do you think about the fact that people used to think that if we just discover other places in the world or if we just um you know give everybody enough information and enough education then everything will be fine and still here we are with people who are have what they deem meaningless lives well i don't think that any life is meaningless i think that yeah but people life... think that their own lives are meaningless right well yeah i believe my own life is meaningless. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a very it's a very niche subject like um you have to have a very, very high self-confidence in yourself to believe that you are leading a meaningful life. But I, I, I like say on the surface that I, have, I lead a meaningless life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like I'm creating things that will help society. I'm not finding the, can- the cure for cancer anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I'm personally not going to do that because I personally am not intelligent enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, but the way that my mom described it um, since I was very little is that um so basically she said that disabled people are put here in order to show abled people that they have like like disabled people who have come over there's like their disabilities or just or disabled in general are here to show us that we 
are abled and to not take it for granted. And um, everyone has that kind of thing about them. Like um, people who are addicted to drugs are here to show us that we should not take soberness for granted or like, you know, opposite way around. Mm -hmm. Like there's always a yin and a yang to it. You cannot have light without darkness, Mm -hmm. which I think goes for like most of life. Yeah. But isn't that kind of um, necessitate the idea of purpose? It definitely does. um, But what describes purpose? Like what is your purpose? Me personally? Yeah. Like, what do you think your purpose is? To know God and love him eternally. See, (laughs) my purpose is to have millions of dollars. Like, obviously my purpose... Is millions of dollars meaningful? Well, it's like I told you on that bus ride home. Like, my actual true purpose, like, if we're not looking at it in a materialistic sense, is to find self-enlightenment and to be happy with myself on my deathbed. Okay. to be happy with the life I've led and the people I've affected. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's purpose in a general sense is to um, affect other people in a positive way. But why? Or, why should or, one want that? I mean, that's what I'm saying in a general sense. Like, it doesn't have to be like your individual purpose, like you, your like own belief in your individual purpose is a very, um, uh, you have to think about it in your way. Like, you know, everyone is obviously chemically and hormonally wired differently in their um, brain, mm-hmm. but you have to find your own purpose. Like you have to figure out what your own purpose is. But I think that everyone generally in a sense has a purpose of helping other people and to um, like affect other people on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And like the best thing that made me realize that is like um, people who have died, like, um, they're they were obviously making an effect on your life whether positive negative or neither Mm -hmm. right they were creating an effect but now that they are no longer here there is no effect so their purpose is essentially gone okay does that make sense like it's not it does not like the ultimate purpose right Mm -hmm. because i don't think i don't think any of us really know the ultimate purpose yet yeah well i think that people can affect you even if they're dead yeah definitely like with grief and sorrow uh, yeah, but even positively. I mean, yeah. We live on the, um, I don't know, backs of dead people, essentially. Yeah, we really do. Like all of the, um, so, like, um, isn't the creator of iPhone dead? Like Steve Jobs, isn't he dead? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we like, we literally use his technology every day. Mm-hmm. We use the technology of Thomas. But, so I don't, I don't think that their day. purpose is gone. No, Even definitely in a materialistic not. sense. Like, um. In a materialistic sense, my purpose will probably never be fulfilled. Like, I will probably never have the after-death purpose you speak of in a materialistic sense, because I'm probably not going to come up with, like, this huge invention that's going to change everybody's life, right? Like, it's just statistically not probable whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I look at most of the world is statistically probable. Like, um, (coughs) but my favorite thing from that movie that was said was everything is, in theory... um, and theoretically impossible until it is done. Mm-hmm. So um, me going home is theoretically improbable until I have done it, right? And so um, I feel like there's a lot of... Sorry, I completely lost my train of thought after that happened. My phone, my phone buzzed and I lost train of thought. Um, You're talking about purpose and probability and- oh yeah i look at most of the world in a probability sense like i think that most of 
everything that is um, occurring around us can be seen in a statistical um, probability sense. Hmm. Like last night, I was asked the question of, uh, would I take a um, five hundred thousand dollars guaranteed, or would I take a um, fifty or um, the the odds of flipping a coin for ten million dollars? And I said coin because how because like okay also like the way i look at it is that if i am confident in the probability of it coming out then i think that there is some sort of like i don't know placebo effect almost the best way i can put it um supernatural effect i guess of it happening like what do you what do you mean supernatural like almost like exterior force kind of like i thought you didn't believe in the supernatural i Okay, listen. I believe in supernatural, but I don't think it would be classified as supernatural. I think everything that we experience is natural, if that makes sense. What do you mean by natural? Like everything that, like, what, what, like, the greater sense of supernatural is very vague. Like, it is a very vague term to use. Like, ghosts are supernatural, vampires are supernatural, like, you know, things that are not seen every day are considered supernatural, right? Well, I think things that can't appear um of their own accord but like okay so what what would you describe as supernatural then like what was an example of supernatural besides like a god angels supernatural demons like you um vampires ghosts um spirits i so i personally believe in spirits and ghosts right um and that's a very like touchy subject kind of because a lot of people don't believe in it Mm -hmm. but I do think that there is a sort of purgatory realm between um, death and whatever is after death. Like, I don't really know what's after death. Like, so what's the purpose of the purgatory? Because um, the idea of purgatory, I think, I think purgatory is a very like um, you have been, you have sinned. Yeah. Like, well, the idea of purgatory was originally that if you're a sinner and you're quote unquote saved according to late catholicism late medieval catholicism Mm -hmm. but you needed to still be washed more because you were sinful or you had other sins after death then you would go to purgatory temporarily and then you would get into heaven yeah i think it's a very like if you were more it was a cleansing process that was the idea a lot of people want to misrepresent it that's i think the right idea but i still think that purgatory whether we know the purpose of it or not is a real thing like um but how do you know it's real? You can't measure it scientifically, can you? <laughs> no. But why do you I, think it's real then? Well, because there's obviously using the term supernatural things occurring. Like, um, for example, there are things that are not normally occurring, like the lights flickering or hearing voices, right? But all of those things can be. What if that is just someone's psychological misgivings? That's what I was about to say. Like, um, if you think you hear ghosts in your house or whatever, you could just be schizophrenic right? Mm-hmm. There is no real proof of that. So personally, I do have some religious beliefs. I just don't believe in the higher power, right? What do you mean by higher power? I don't believe that there's like a, um, there's like a Buddha or a God or like a Jesus Christ. I just, I don't feel like there is a definitive um, proof. What's your definitive proof of purgatory? I have none. Then why I, do you believe it's it? Simply, it's simply like your faith in it, right? Then why and do you simply, believe in purgatory you're not God? Well, because I just don't simply have enough faith in God because what is the point of um, terrible things happening if you um, 
like i understand the trial thing but like what's the point of um death for example like what is the point of terrible things that are so unexplainably terrible that they have no purpose but to be terrible you mean what's the point of meaningless suffering yes and then how does god fit into a world where there's meaningless suffering yes well how do you know that it's meaningless well what was the point of the holocaust like obviously we've learned from it but what have we really learned like oh it's bad killing people it's bad being anti-semitic <laughs> obviously those were things long established before the holocaust right uh-huh. so what was the point of the holocaust in a, in a religious sense well i mean the holocaust is interesting and world war ii in general is interesting because i love world war ii i love looking at that uh-huh. but it was basically just the extension of the first world war mm-hmm. and so it showed us caution um i mean world war ii has launched like the 1950s, especially in the United States, is this movement, which some conservative types are trying to get back to. I mean, that's very powerful today. Um, it's a big corrective force. It changed the world in many, many ways. And if you're looking into the future, like World War II is going to be one of those things, which probably will propel us into, um, at least in my estimation, better things in the future. It's, but it's hard for us as little human beings to say, you know, this suffering is completely meaningless. Yeah. Um, like, are we God to say that suffering is meaningless or not? I'm not saying that it's not there. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of um, suffering can be measured, uh-huh. like, in a per- like, in a relative sense of purpose. Like, there's a purpose for the suffering, right? Uh-huh. But still, we could have had World War II without the Holocaust, and we still would have been propelled to greater things. Well, we don't know that. Oh, I guess the same way. That, that, I guess that's the point, though, is like you can't definitively say that. You can't definitively say that, oh, well, this was meaningless suffering, but this was meaningful suffering. You can't definitively say that because you don't know the alternate reality of what would happen. Mm -mm. And so I don't see that really as a very stellar proof against God. Yeah, um, I still do believe, though, that there is a sense of... Let me pause it real quick. So you're saying you don't think that there's a, like, because I had said, well, I don't think that that constitutes a definitive proof against God. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like there's any definitive proof against or for God. Okay. You know, it's a very, I feel like the belief in faith is a very um and religion is a very um you have to have faith in it you know you have to truly it's like a trust fall like you have to truly um like hope and have faith in the fact that you will be caught you know okay so like with your belief in ghosts and spirits etc do you have definitive proof for that no it's why do you believe in it well because i've had um paranormal things happen to me like i've had things that cannot be described by (coughs) science happen like i've had weird occurrences right okay well like obviously they can't so that is a definitive proof you would say kind of um but they're like they definitely can be proved by science it's just statistically improbable very statistically improbable like um i've heard like knocking on my door and i go to open my door and it's not there right mm-hmm. and that could also be like the thing we talked about earlier like mental um disassociations mm-hmm. but also like when i was there with a friend and they heard it too like obviously that's not a mental disassociation because it happened to both of us at the exact same time and that happening is like statistically impossible 
okay. like and and like the most impossible way statistics can go so like um in one of the conversations we had on the bus you had said well like if something claiming to be god showed up to me then it would have to be even more than a group of people or else we'd think it was a hallucination why is that or do you still think that i still do think that yeah i think but sorry, even though you thought knocking on a door was a ghost why does there have to be a whole group of people and you can explain this hallucination still well because of the oh wait what did i say last so i said that if the, even if there was a group of people it could still be explained as a hallucination uh-huh. i don't you know don't if i still believe that, that. i still wondering. don't know if i believe that honestly you know I do, I don't think i think that if there was a large majority of people that saw it that i would believe it like okay obviously um but i just have a very hard time accepting th- something that is um i guess it's gonna sound very self-egotistical but something that is very um a higher power than me okay. like a uh, higher power than a person individually i feel like that's a tough thing to so understand. is a ghost not a higher power i think it's no not really okay i don't know i feel like they have powers that are beyond our perception so it, just because something's more powerful you don't want to accept that it's true kind of which sounds very self-egotistical but um so yeah, that's more like, of a, i have to i have to accept that as a flaw in myself you know yeah but that sounds more like a evidence of your own desires rather than evidence for or against god god yeah. god exists whether you want him to or not yeah or he doesn't exist whether you want him to or not exactly but i still have just a very hard time without like obviously like there's people that have been like this is an act of god that has happened to me right and i can understand why you um, believe in god after that but i've never had like an act of god or like an act of a um power above pushing me through you know okay like i've never had a prayer answered or whatever like i've i've tried praying and i've went to church before and i've obviously experienced religion Uh uh-huh but it's never personally come back to um help me i guess so so like what do you make of the claims in the new testament christian scriptures that jesus appeared to hundreds of people after he was risen again Mm, layman's terms <laughs> what layman term that um like dumb it down a little bit well so jesus um at least i guess you could say in theory died on the cross and three days later he rose again yeah and 400 plus people push that big boulder out whatever right well, yeah however you want to say it but um 400 plus people saw him risen again as an actual person okay um like but that's a big we, group of people yeah okay but also how do we know that these stories that are written are true like that's another thing that i have an issue with is the in the bible is that it wasn't written by like reliable sources like why do you say that though well because the most reliable thing you have is the word of that person who wrote it or and, the collected evidence that they gathered perhaps well yeah but also like it's still very hard because there, even like in today's society, there's a very um, unreliable source of information with the internet even. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, just reading the Bible in general, it's um, it's very interesting, but it also can be seen as a very fairy tale story kind of thing, you know? Like what part? Um, I feel like it, it could be used as a, um, like, have you ever like read like a children's book, like now that you're older, like now that you're not a child, I guess? Uh, yeah. 
else and really there's always like, there's always like an underlying like story behind it like of why we should like of like a moral like um, oh more like a, okay those types of stories sure yeah. like there's always like you read like alice in wonderland and there's some sort of thing you can take back from it, like sure, sure. Mm-hmm. well so, no uh, i wouldn't say that about so, alice in wonderland but maybe a different maybe story maybe a different story yeah like, <laughs> um what's what's like an iconic children's book what do you well i mean aesop's fables those are pretty yeah. popular children's stories. Yeah, exactly. You you take a you take a lesson from that, right? Mm-hmm. So what if the Bible was a way to explain things when things were unexplainable? But what things is it trying to explain that are unexplainable? To explain the reason we are here, which is the, like the the um, long searching answer that humanity has been trying to find for its entire lifespan. Okay, so you're basically um, theorizing that perhaps the Bible was made up in order that people would. <laughs> have a reason why they were here yeah but essentially but doesn't everybody do that yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying but what if the bible is just a um, yeah, large but, scale production but of what if let's say that it actually has i don't know what to call it, evidence that this is why we are here and it's not just making it up if i had evidence that that's why we're here yeah like in the bible like what if the bible is actually let's say um reliable evidence that these things are why we are here well, do we have that information? Like, do we have the reliable evidence now? In what way? Like, and in, in, do we have, like, ways that we can prove that the things in the Bible happened? Um, I would say so. I mean, it seems like every time someone turns over a rock in Israel, they discover more evidence for the historicity of the Bible. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a very true point. Um, I mean, and it's also the case that there is no evidence that, I mean, any of the early Christians um, denied their faith and that they all got persecuted for believing what they did. Yeah. Um, I just, I did, um, English is hard sometimes. Um, so I, I, I can see why people believe in religion, right? Mm-hmm. I can, I can almost believe in it. It's just very hard for me to accept the fact that there is these weird, odd things that we must complete and do and remain in to achieve higher being, you know? Well, that's the opposite of Christianity, actually. What do you mean? Well, the presupposition of Christianity is you can't do anything to yeah, achieve higher being. That's, that's what I'm like. I'm just saying well, in like more like modernistic term. Like, well, you can't, I guess you have to do these things like remain in abstinence. You have to um, remain in um holy belief you have to Mm -hmm. like all of these things but i guess what christianity's presupposition is is that you're not going to be able to keep god's law you're actually a failure and so what god is going to do is he's going to come to you and save you yeah from your failings well personally i don't like to see myself as a failure but i am (laughs) (laughs) well according to let's say christianity everyone's a failure everyone is not perfect before god yeah, and that's a part. That's a part from the fact of whether or not God exists. That's yes, supposing that God does exist. And if the God that Christianity proposes does exist, then everyone isn't able to fulfill what. Well, is I don't even think everyone is perfect after God finds them. Hmm? Like, I don't feel like there's ever been a human that has been 100% completely perfect. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of the point of Christianity. Christ was the only person who was completely perfect, and that's why he was able but to was save he? everyone else. That's that's that's, that's what's put forward. Yeah, but still, you can you can take any person that you see as perceivably perfect and pick a tiny little things that are imperfect. Yeah, but that's that's the that's the premise of Christianity. Christ was God and man, and so therefore he was perfect. Okay, so then in order for us to be perfect, we have to be God and man. 
Like, no, what, not exactly. Like, so, so what does God do to us to make us perceivably perfect? Well, like you, like you were saying, I don't. I've never seen someone who is actually perfect, religious or not. Yeah. And that's actually part of Christianity because there's this idea of sanctification that you become more and more perfect, but um, until you die, and then you know you have the Catholics like we talked about earlier with purgatory. You actually can't be perfect, so everybody unless you're a saint, has to go to purgatory to get some part of them burned off before they can enter into heaven. Um, Protestants, and mm -hmm. I don't really know what the Orthodox think, but Protestants don't believe in that because they prioritize the Bible. But anyway, so your question was basically like, what do you have, what is done in order that you can become perfect? It's the, um, I guess in very simple terms, accepting the fact that you are a sinner Mm. Uh, that's uh, that's derived from Aristotle's term, actually, Hamartia in Greek. So, what does um, what describes this as a sinner? Like what missing what, what, the mark? That's the Greek term. It's Hamartia, and it's an archery term. It means to miss the mark. Okay, and what's the mark in like this general, like in the sense, like um, what what is our what is the thing that we are sinning? Like obviously, like we can perceive murder as a pretty big sin. Uh -huh. like, telling, telling lies, lies cheating. cheating um, um, taking God's name in vain, um, you know. Okay, yeah, but also what, like, I have a very, like, um, modernistic view on, like, the words we say, and um, I feel like a lot of words are said in a, um, I don't have an issue with saying any word, really. Like, it's, um, okay. it's a very, like... Is there anyone um, in your life that you respect a lot? This is just a thought experiment. Anyone in my life I respect a lot. Um, I don't, I don't, like, have a very, like, definitive sense of respect okay. like what about your mom um, what 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 if someone, someone went around and shouted your mom's name as cuss word i mean i think it's funny like <laughs> <laughs> like i would think it's okay, pretty what about, funny what, anybody? anybody or not anybody. really anybody like if somebody went around and screamed <laughs> noah as a curse word i think it'd okay. be pretty funny well that's kind of the premise behind taking the lord's name in vain yeah but i can i can see why that's um like that, that that definitely helped me perceive that like that's um that's a very true because place. it's something in theory it's something that's holy yeah um i'm i understand what you're saying though in terms of like, words are simply a a byproduct of the way we communicate yeah but the the premise behind that rule if you will is that something that is holy must not be made unholy yeah but um it's kind of like if you use like the Lord's name in vain, it's almost like showing. Um, and I don't feel like saying, Oh my god, is a very like in vain thing, is it? Like, uh, it's it's almost like asking, like, like I don't know how to explain it. It's I don't feel like it's using it in vain though. Like, well, the the idea of in vain is that there is a proper place to use those words, obviously. Yeah. And so it's using them inappropriately, if that makes sense. And that's like the, missing a three-pointer. And I say that, like, I don't, like, I don't see that as using it in vain, but like, I can see why people who are very religious can see that as taking it in vain. Sure, sure. And that's, that's the premise behind all cuss words, actually, is yeah. you're taking something which is either profane or holy and bringing it into normality. Yeah. Um, but I still see words as a very simple, like, I feel like um, curse words are a necess uh, necessity to um, the way we communicate with each other due to their 
impact like can be yeah like the impact of using a cuss word can explain the um emotions you are feeling when no other word can if that makes sense sure and i can definitely see the um normality of them like the um, the creation of normality with those words Mm -hmm. um but i also don't feel like that's a bad thing why not um i feel like a lot of words that we use um racial slurs for example um i've always thought that the reason that they are so unlike um so absolutely not acceptable are the fact that they were used in a hurtful term and that they are still perceived that way you know and that if we use those words on an everyday basis eventually they get to the point where they mean nothing you know Mm -hmm. well that's that's the idea of using god's name in vain or using any cuss word regularly yeah. is then like you're saying you can actually express what the cuss word is supposed to be expressing in the moment when you actually need it well yeah and i see both sides of that like i agree with both sides of it at some points right because you bring it into normalcy so much that no longer does it mean anything exactly but also that you need those words that mean something so sure i i think that eventually we'll get to the point where um racial slurs are no longer offensive but then we'll come up with new slurs oh yeah that's how language works i mean the cuss words we have now were not cuss words 200 years ago no um and the cuss words they used 200 years ago were completely normalized like words we use in everyday vocabulary Mm -hmm. so it's a very or they just disappeared from our language yeah that too Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, but unless you have something else on that. No, I don't. Okay, I was just going to say, back to the, the law of God. The law of God is hitting the mark. And you said, well, what's hitting the mark? And it's moral perfection. Okay, but what, what, what like, describes moral perfection? Like, how do I know for a fact that I am morally perfect? Um, I mean, an easy way to know is, at least according to Christianity, is reading the Old Testament law and seeing what the law says. I mean, to so easy, easily you can, uh, the Ten Commandments, so like we were talking about worship earlier, uh, the first commandment is um, have no other gods before God. So if you focus on anything else more than God, then you've broken the law of God. Yeah. So then that'd be one thing. And then the next one, second commandment is don't make an idol. So that means don't make anything else available that it can be like God to you. Yeah, well. I'm going to hell, I guess. (laughs) I mean, another Um, one is dishonoring your parents. Another one is not um, remembering a day to set apart as holy for the Lord, which can be interpreted as kind of having time alone. I think I've broken almost every single one of the rules. Another one is adultery or sexual immorality. Another one's lying, uh, killing. And Jesus happened on that one. Well, Jesus says if you um, want someone to die in your um thought life then that's effectively killing well, then, okay then isn't everyone at this point a sinner that's the everyone. point that's the point so it's it's setting such an unex like an unrealistic bar of perfection i suppose you could call it unrealistic but that's what god expects of humanity well then why would he create us so imperfectly well he didn't necessarily create us imperfectly well, obviously, like according to Christianity, at least God created Adam and Eve perfect in the garden, and then they decided to disobey Him. You know, we wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that stupid Eve. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's that's the idea, right? I'm not saying you have to accept it or anything, but that's the idea. Well, okay, yeah, I see that. Um, and then everybody um, else, because of Adam and Eve's sin inherit it 
just like we inherit all the rest of our genes. Okay. And that's where the supernatural side comes in because everyone is supernatural in that we have this supernatural inheritance. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me that we are so, we are, we are created so imperfectly and set with such a high bar of perfectness. So wait, okay. Here's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, how does he expect us to remain in abstinence for our life if we have to recreate the human population? Uh, Christianity doesn't expect you to do that. Oh, wait, it's just until marriage, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you're, you're supposed to not have sexual relations before marriage. Why? I don't understand that. Uh, it's actually kind of complicated, but it's because marriage is a divine act in some ways. So the union of opposites, which is a very old idea, mm -hmm. and the idea that, I mean, there's a practical side in that children in homes that when people are married, and it's yeah. presupposing that in marriage, people won't split apart. And so there's actually improvement to be made in commitment. You can actually do things in commitment that you can't do outside of commitment because that actually puts a boundary around what you can do. Because I can no longer have an argument, say, with my hypothetical spouse and say, okay, that's it. I'm leaving you because you did this horrendous thing. It's actually, no, you have to stay together. And you have to learn how to overcome that mm -hmm. issue. And so that's the, I guess, ideal of marriage. And then why you don't have sex before marriage is because that's something that is involved inside of that. And that it's not as ideal, it's not as perfect if you are participating in sexual acts with other people that you aren't committed to. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the idea behind it. That makes a little bit more sense to me, I guess. Um, what about like, so wait, what, what church do you align with personally? That's a hard question because for most or do you just have like a widespread of beliefs that um spread across like different churches yeah so for most of my life we've gone to like non-denominational churches or baptist churches mostly yeah um but i've i don't know i have i i would consider myself denominationally homeless um okay. if i had to identify with one tradition it would definitely be the reformed people or the presbyterians more than any other tradition Okay. But um, I've well, never gone to a Presbyterian or Reformed church. So that's kind of strange <laughs> to identify with them more than anyone else and having never gone to their church. Huh. That is interesting. Um, I've just realized, um, I've just um, drawn a very um, parallel line with um, religion and um, politics. Okay. Yeah. It's a very, very similar thing. In um, what way? So, you saying I have a widespread of beliefs across all like religions, right? Like, uh, I wouldn't say across all religions, religions but um, churches. Sure. Sorry. Um, <laughs> is the same way I view um, political um, parties. So, um, I'm not liberal. I'm not conservative. I'm not um, Republican. I'm not Democratic. Mm -hmm. um, I align with more one more one more than the other, mm -hmm. of course, sure. but. Um, it's very, very similar in the way that I don't align with, um, right. personally, all of my beliefs do not align with one particular right. political party, um, in the ways of like being holy, holy divine. I don't think politics really cares a whole lot about that, but, um, it's a very similar kind of, you, you have your set beliefs in something, you know, you have your, your mind is, be is believing in something while other people's minds do not. Mm -hmm. 
which is almost um, if you can dumb it, dumbing it down to the most basic sense of religion is you believing in something and other people not. Yeah. Or, but then the, um, the, the, the crux of the matter is whether or not that belief is true. Yeah. That's like, yeah, is, is my belief of, um, I guess, what can I put as an example without being like too politically, um, I don't know what's a good example of that, like something that's um, um, my belief in whether killing is morally in, in, uh, mm-hmm. wrong right. or right, right? Um, personally, I believe it's morally wrong, but there are people that think it's morally right. Mm-hmm. And, and but the crux of the matter is, is it, is it wrong or right? You'll never figure that out, truly. You don't know whether or not killing is wrong or right. No. Why not? Because obviously there's opposite, there's... um opposition that believe it is right so because someone thinks that the sky is green does that make the sky green well if they're colorblind yeah (laughs) but that like but i guess guess like like, you know know, just because because someone someone thinks thinks something doesn't make it true does it um not particularly no but like just because you think religion is um correct in a thing does it mean that i have to believe religion is correct in a thing no No. exactly but But my my thing is is it right or wrong regardless of what we think about it regardless of whether it's right or wrong no regardless of what we think about it it's neither it's it's something in the middle you you can't like none of life no matter what is painted in black and white you know like you can't and not in like a literal sense like of course there's paintings and tv shows that are in black and uh-huh. whatever but in a very um moral sense nothing is black nor white it is a very gray color okay like i feel like um like there are things that are more black and there are things that are more white of course like um murder is definitely along the blacker gray spectrum than it is like um giving away money like but um what describes something as very right or very wrong is the perception that um the majority has okay so something is right or wrong depending on how many people think it's right or wrong in the most literal sense yes in the most like obviously if a group of people think kicking babies is right the majority group of the united like of the world thinks that um kicking babies is a right thing to do right obviously i personally don't align with those beliefs but is it right i don't know you just you just said that the majority thinks it then it's right it's it's widely accepted as right okay but is it right Uh, no nothing is truly wrong or right it's do it's up to the individual's perception okay so if i come up and uh I don't know. Torture, torture you. you. Is that wrong <laughs> or right? Uh, in the mass majority, people would think it's wrong. But in your personal individual perception, you would think it's right. Okay. okay. And so or there's... it would be an act of, of vengeance or um, what's it called? Is it vengeance? Sure. Is that the correct word? Sure. Revenge. Revenge, yeah. For whatever terrible acts I've committed against you. Uh-huh. But um, nothing is truly right or wrong no matter how we depict it okay so even the holocaust let's say which you just yeah earlier you claimed was definitely bad yeah and definitely evil yeah that was not actually definitely bad or definitely evil 
it can't be definitely either. Like I, okay. I'm saying, so that's I'm another reason why that proof doesn't so, work. Against okay, God. so let's say that <laughs> on this spectrum we have the white and we have the black. Okay, right? or to be less, I guess, racially, um, like I don't know what the word is, but like to like make less of a parallel between it. Let's uh-huh. say we have red over here and we have blue over here. Right? Okay, sure. And blue is the good, red is the bad. Oh, you don't like red. Well, I mean, that's the mass perception. It's just like... Okay, anyways. What What do you think red is better than blue? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Go on with your example. Um. So we have red over here and we have blue over here, right? Blue is good, red is bad. Holocaust, right? Nothing will ever truly be blue or truly be red, right? Okay. You can be as close to red as possible with the Holocaust, but you cannot definitively prove that it is red. Okay. If that makes sense. It's always on the spectrum and it's never going to be definitively one or the other because of the fact that there is still that one person that might think it would it was a good thing, right? Like the act of itself was horrible, but the um, byproducts and the production of that terrible act was good, right? When in reality, that could be a, and what I personally objectify as a wrong thing to think, they could still think it's right. Okay. That makes sense. And so if everybody agrees about something though, then that makes it right. Sure. Okay. And so then it would be definitely blue. Uh, well, I don't think that you're ever going to simply achieve a 100% exception. But hypothetically, everybody agrees that something is some way. Okay. So hypothetically, everyone agrees that um, beating puppies with baseball bats is a bad thing right mm-hmm. which most people would agree right okay so i still think that it's to the point where it's a industry it's 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 um absolutely um indiscernible from complete red right so it you cannot perceive it as anything else but complete red but it's still not quite complete red if that makes sense okay it's it's still but it is so but just is, because of the majority yeah okay. it's 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 not like because what other things are we going to base our wrongs and rights off of? Like, God doesn't exactly explain that beating puppies with baseball bats in the Bible is a bad thing to do. Uh, I think it can. Okay, but... Um, like, there's no specific, like, don't beat puppies with baseball bats. <laughs> like, well, there's the commandment that you're supposed to steward creation and treat it well. Yeah. Okay. But and also, would that would beating puppies with baseball baseball bats, you know, would that mean, would that be stewarding creation? What stewarding creation mean? Basically kind of taking care of it. I mean, but I didn't create the puppy. But it's God's creation, hypothetically. Then mm, yeah, I guess. I mean. But also you have to think about the fact that not everyone believes in religion and that either you still have to um, go off of the majority of people thinking it's right versus the majority of people thinking it's wrong. Okay, so if the majority of people thought that the Holocaust was right, does that make it right? Um, I, like, I, I keep saying it, like nothing is like truly right or wrong. Okay, but does like, that make it more right? Say 75% of people hypothetically think that the Holocaust is right. Does that mean that it's closer to the blue? And a, if you look at it in a objective sense, then yes. If you look at it in a um, personal sense, then no. Okay. Like in my personal opinion, the Holocaust was not a good thing. So right? why should we care about what you say? You should. Okay. Who should we care about? Whose opinion? 
Okay. Right. So but if the also, majority there's always, there's always an opposition to every opinion. Okay. But say know. hypothetically the majority in the United States thought that we should just exterminate all black people tomorrow. All of a sudden. Okay. The mass majority. Uh-huh. Okay. In the United States or in the world? In the United States. Okay, then I think that it would be wrong to go outside of the United States, but that it would be okay to do in the United States as long as the mass majority of like I feel like everything can be dumbed down to a democratic sense. Okay. Yeah. To a um, democracy of whether it is right or wrong. Right. And personally, I would not align with that belief. I wouldn't be like, well, yeah, we should totally go and do that. That sounds like a great idea. Like personally, I'm not going to agree with that, but I feel like there's definitely a very um, moral and ethical normality among people in their mindsets. Okay. But because people think that that should be done, then it makes it okay. Like what majority are you talking like 51%? Like, I don't know. Is that sufficient? Anything. I, I don't know. I feel like if I had to describe majority, it'd be a two thirds like Congress works. Okay. Like, so let's say, um, so let's say it'd have to be a mass majority. Okay. Right? So let's say it's 67%. Okay. So at that point I would be like, well, in a democratic sense, there's nothing I can do, right? But in the most basic of senses where I think it's personally right, no. Why do, Why do you think to... that, though? Well, okay, so there's always been, like, you can't, if there's an even 50-50 split, right, mm-hmm. there's going to be equal power pushing against each other and nothing will happen. If there's a 67 to um, 7 or 33%, right, obviously the 67% over time will eventually be <laughs> 37%, right? Mm-hmm. If that 67% remains 67% and nobody switches ideology. Um, and that there's no matter what, the majority will win, you know? Okay, so, but I, I asked, like, why do you think that it would be wrong to kill all Black people? Because personally, ethically and morally, I believe that everyone deserves their equal rights. What do you mean by ethically and morally? In my personal opinion of what I believe is right and wrong. Why do you believe that? Because I've seen the effects of... Um, um inequality and that i believe that it is a like it it physically um or like emotionally makes me distraught you know so why 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 is inequality wrong why is what inequality wrong i mean in my personal belief i just believe that everyone should you know like and and other people's personal beliefs where they think beating puppies with baseball bats is okay Mm -hmm. in my personal belief i believe that um inequality is wrong but why why do we think that anything is wrong why do we think so you, do you have any evidence for that belief no do you have any evidence for the belief in remaining in abstinence yeah I just, <laughs> besides the bible like when you does, well that's not exactly the bible it's a it's a philosophical system okay um isn't inequality i mean you could you could give this other example lines. that um you know sex actually hurts people emotionally takes a toll on people yeah um, you could give the example that if there was a child, then that'd be a bad environment through which the child to grow up in. Yeah. It's, it's just a very, everything is on a spectrum of what your personal belief is compared to the rest of the world. I know, but again, so like you just think that inequality is wrong, just axiomatically, like intuitively. Yeah. Okay. So, so essentially it's like and you don't do you have any evidence for that though is my question no okay so why do you still require evidence to believe in god 
because I have a hard time. It's like not in my basic primordial intuition to believe in the um, higher being. Okay. So if something is in your basic intuition, then you can believe it. Essentially. Yeah. You're justified in believing it. It's very, okay. So if I am like, obviously there's people who think like um, people are are unequal, right. Mm -hmm. And obviously that is in their basic primordial intuition Mm -hmm. um, from the day they were like able to conceive complex thoughts. Um, then obviously they would think that people are um, unequal. Um, but personally, since I've been able to um, perceive complex thoughts and create, create complex thoughts, um, obviously I've thought in my in own intuition and in my own um, primordial brain, like <laughs> in the most basic of senses, I've thought that murder is wrong. I have thought that slavery is wrong. Blah, 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 blah. But you don't really have a reason to believe those things. No. And so it's so kind of kind unreasonable. Of yeah, but I also don't have a reason to believe in God, which I can see why you're the point you're making. Like you're making the point of, well, you don't believe that these things are right. So why don't you like you you have no proof, right? And your main argument on God is no proof, right? But um it's a very well, I just don't feel like you should be using there's no evidence to believe in God as why you don't believe in God. Yeah. yeah and I, I didn't say like, I did say that, but I also like made the point that um, I have a very, like um, a very hard time in believing in something that is so all so powerful. If that makes sense. Yeah. But you said that that was because you didn't want to believe in it. Cause it'd be bigger than you. That's not a proof. That's a desire. That's yeah. But um it's just hard to understand the it's like i can wrap my brain around why murder is wrong you're taking the life of another why person. why is it wrong because you're taking the life of another why person. is that wrong because just basic like in the most base sense uh-huh. depriving other people of their sense of living is wrong to me okay so like because I, it makes me think about the way that i would feel right so like, you just kind of hold that a priori the what you hold it a priori yeah okay so in um in the sense of god right i have a very hard time um believing in him because of the fact that there is a i've lost my train of thought mm, that sucks your ac turned off and it like really messed with like my brain no, it's a heater but yeah <laughs> um Anyway, so you have a hard time believing in God because it messes with. It messes with. I don't know. I can't remember now. Um. Okay. Rewind. Right. Yep. Believe in murder, or believe murder is wrong. Uh huh. Because of the fact that you are depriving a person of their life. And you just think that that's wrong. Yes. Um. Because it makes me think about the way I would feel. Mm-hmm. But you don't have any reason to think that it's still wrong no right okay um other than the fact that i think that depriving people's like liberty in life is wrong okay because basically the way i determine whether i think something is wrong is whether or not uh if i put myself in the shoes of the person that is being wronged or righted right okay like obviously if i put myself into the shoes of receiving a hundred dollars i'd be pretty happy right i would think that's the right thing to do (laughs) but um like 
I would um, not like it so much if somebody stabbed me 13 times in my stomach, right? Like, not exactly happy about that one. So, um, it's, um, like, the thing with God is just, it's very hard for me to believe that he is a um, real physical thing okay like you can you can physically act on and see murder you cannot physically act on and see with your very own two eyes a um like if jesus christ is outside the window right now like waving at me and like you saw it too and like maybe somebody else thought i'd be like well that's kind of weird like (laughs) but obviously that's not happening so it's very understandably uh, it's just a very hard concept for me to wrap my brain around but then you believe in ghosts and purgatory and yeah that's just because because it's something i have fun with theorizing on like it's a very like um so it sounds to me like you just don't want to believe in god it's not that i don't want to believe in god i really do i want to believe in something that there's after like but i also just i don't physically have like i've never had like like i said earlier i've never had an act of god performed on me i've never had an act of god um either negatively impact me or positively impact me but i've also but why do you need that if you believe that murder is wrong without any evidence why do you need evidence because i can see murder with my very own two eyes basically that's like that's like my biggest point against god is that i can't see him with my own very two eyes because i have a hard time believing in something and wrapping my brain around something that i can't see with my own two eyes like the number one million we can perceive in our brain like obviously like a million is a large number to us but you can't possibly perceive in your own brain how large a million is like you can't you can't physically see how large a million is Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, you could say, well, there's a million molecules in that uh, carpet molecule right there, mm-hmm. right? And, like, you could be like, oh, well, that's a lot. But you can't physically see the million. So you can't, like, possibly understand the um, scale of that. Okay. But what's your point? That until I <laughs> – the reason that I don't believe in God – and like mainly the thing about ghosts and like uh-huh. those things is that I just have fun theorizing with those and those could be God. Like, I don't know. Right. I have fun theorizing with those things and I've seen <clears throat> um, like videos on it. And I just have fun with it. Right. Okay. So I don't know if I like fully believe in them, but I do believe in a sense of it. Like, you know, I do believe in a sense of religion. Right. Okay. I believe that there is something. Right. And I believe that there is something with ghosts, like in the most like, like that's like the term i can think but do you just still hold those a priori meaning without evidence you feel that there's something with a sense of religion but yeah like i obviously feel that there's um a like something above us kind of maybe right Mm -hmm. but i also feel like there could be nothing Uh, same thing with like ghosts like just because i believe in it doesn't mean that it makes it right or wrong Mm -mm. right or that i mean that because of the fact that i have believed in it so now that it is fact right Mm -hmm. because that would be a very um egotistical godlike thing to do Mm -hmm. yeah but i guess i i guess i just don't feel like your um outlook is uh, in, internally cons- consistent i suppose <laughs> well is anyone's outlook internally consistent i wouldn't say fully but you go from saying that uh, no one can really know whether or not something is the case to 
where you just said that, you know, you can really know that something is the case. Well, okay. So essentially, I guess my most um, complete outlook I can put together is I think that everyone has their very own perception, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone, no matter what, no matter what you believe in, there is a certain perception on certain things, no matter how small the difference is. Mm -hmm. There is a another spectrum of that where you have a mass perception right so there's a mass perception on religion there's a mass perception on whether ai is good or wrong right and that's like the basic most basic way i can explain it is that i align with some mass perceptions and i align with some um, personal perceptions okay and that um depending on the varying factors of um, evidence i've gathered that i can believe in something versus not okay so I'm not saying that I will never be open to the idea of God, but I'm definitely saying that until I have seen enough evidence of God that I believe internally is true, that I won't believe in it. Okay. But again, like, how can we have evidence, <coughs> scientific evidence for the supernatural? Well, then it doesn't have to be scientific evidence. Okay. Like, so what kind I, of evidence? I enjoy scientific evidence. Like if I get a small amount of scientific evidence, that is equivalent to a large amount of um spiritual evidence mm -hmm. i guess um it's just very i have to get a lot more spiritual evidence than i do scientific you know okay and i don't know if there is a way to scientifically so like what what kind of evidence though would be sufficient for scientific no like, to believe in god to believe in god was like any evidence yeah like what kind of evidence would you personally want? mine would be like it would have to be a very isolated event like it would have to be a very um like i'm about to die like guaranteed and i pray and i don't die or like um something like so improbable happening um that it, and it happens because of the fact that i like prayed right okay. like i still i still run like my own tests on it kind of sometimes like where i will like obviously i'll pray for like strength and whatever but i don't feel like i get that strength you know okay like it would have to be a very isolated event directly correlating with God. Okay. So, but how would you know that that force, let's say was God? Uh, I wouldn't, I'd have to put full faith in it. Like I, like eventually to a point where, um, if I prayed to God and something very isolated happened, I wouldn't know it's God. It could still just be a extremely improbable event happening, right? Like lightning striking me. Right. Um, that's extremely improbable, but I don't think that would be an act of God. I just think it'd be extremely improbable, but I think that with the mass majority of people believing in a God and the, um, the thoughts of a God that I would, um, eventually believe, um, with the mass majority in a God, just because I am one of those people that, um, if I personally believe in it, I will try to align with the mass majority belief. If that makes sense. Okay. I'm a very, uh, I hate to admit it, but I, I hate trying to create new um, ideologies. I'm a very, I'm very, I'm a very big sheep. Like I follow the herd most definitely, but that's also because I found it much easier in life to follow the herd and have low expectations than to um, lead the herd and have much higher expectations. So like what if you joined a community of people who all believed in God and those are the people that you were always around, then would you start to believe in God? What you're saying? Um, I don't know. It really just depends on like the, 
like this is gonna sound super like dumbed down like from our spiritual level conversation but i think it would just depend on the characteristics and personalities of the people around me okay like that's how i feel about most things like um I don't know. That's the best way. Like, I don't like wrestling because of the fact that a lot of the personalities and characteristics of the wrestlers annoy me. <laughs> but I also still have that innate belief that wrestling is not as cool as basketball. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's not only because of that. It's because of, like, my um, own personal beliefs, too. Okay. And I feel like religion can be dumbed down to a personal belief kind of thing, you know? Yeah, sure. So, basically, you're saying that... <laughs> I don't know. It almost seems like you're saying it's not exactly evidence, but then you still want the evidence. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, how do I put it? I'm trying to think. Let me try to like put it in like real world perspective. Like something that could happen. Um, okay. I know for a fact that I'm going to get home. Right. Mm, you said because earlier that you weren't sure that you were going to get home. There's a theoretical improbability. Until it happens. Yeah. Right. But I have gotten home from different places so many times that I have full faith in getting home. Okay. Right? Like, I know for a fact that I will get home, even if it's not um, 100% probable, right? Okay. Like, we could accidentally slide on the ice and die, right? Sure. Um, or I could and, shoot you. Yeah, that too. That would kind of suck <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I really do think that the probability of me getting home is very high right okay so um how else do i put it um that at that point i have full faith and belief in getting home okay and you can align with that with religion you have full belief and faith in religion right because you have practiced it so much and it has happened so many times to you that you believe in religion i don't know if i have a hundred percent certainty but exactly i don't have a hundred percent certainty in getting home okay but you still have a 90 something percent sure sure you have you have that faith right Uh and i have that faith in getting home it's like that kind of thing but i just don't i don't see how you can have the 90 (laughs) percent. it doesn't hurt to have the faith but like also i think like what if what if the god we worship is just wrong like what if the entire time it's just been buddha you know like okay like what if the entire time it's just been like thor or something like but don't you think that you could like find evidence for whether or not it was yeah but like not in my lifetime why not what about the other people who believe based on evidence that it was this god rather than that god well yeah um like wouldn't it be beneficial to consider their arguments yes very like i i consider every argument against my like i think it's very healthy to have um debates about your personal perceptions Mm -hmm. and your beliefs um but i i don't i just have a hard time believing in god (laughs) it's just a very hard thing for me to perceive you don't like like, understand I don't like it's hard to understand understand God or what? Okay, it's like it's hard for me to perceive and understand God the way it is for me to understand and perceive the infinite vastness of our galaxy. Yeah, yeah, but it's supposed to be that way. We're not, yeah, like God is God can't be fully understood by us. Yeah, but but because he can't be fully understood doesn't mean that he doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't exist. I'm just saying that personally, <laughs> until I have the personal beliefs and the um, somewhat of evidence that I require for believing in something um, acquired, that I will not believe in God. Okay. But I'm not saying that, like, I'm a very open minded person. Uh-huh. I will never believe in a God. I will never, um, like i'll never like not do something because of the fact that i'm close-minded i just have to have the personal beliefs and evidence in it and that's something that like if i might never have the personal beliefs in it because of the environment i was raised in as a kid and like the environment i currently live in you know my perceptions on different things okay so yeah that makes sense i think it, it requires both um both like it requires like when you're leveling up in a game for example you mm-hmm. have to have the skill points and you have to be this far along in the game mm-hmm. so i have to have the skill points and i have to be this far along in the game mm-hmm. but i don't know if i'll ever acquire the um let's say the scientific evidence is the uh skill points and the um uh personal beliefs is the mm-hmm. i'm getting that far in the game i don't know if i'll ever get that far in the game even though i might have the skill points for it yeah it makes sense you know one of the interesting things about me at least i think it's kind of interesting in comparison to other people is like i was obviously born raised still am in um will forever be in a christian family yeah and so people would think well that would give you um this you know little voice in your head that tells you christianity is true but actually doesn't for me and so like i you know, no, I, I believe the uh, exact opposite, actually. I think that if you are um, raised to believe something, that you will challenge it later in life. Yeah, that could be the case, but some people don't. But anyways, and so, like, for a long time, like, all of my, I don't know, belief, let's say, was based on the skill points, mm-hmm. but never in the progress, let's say. And that progress is really important, and it's more like... I don't know. Christianity is more like falling in love with Jesus than it is evidence. It's more the progress in the game yeah. than it is the skill points, like you're saying. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. I was just bringing that up because I feel like that's different than a lot of people. Because I feel like a lot of people, when they're little kids, they have this, you know, overwhelming sense that Christianity is true. And then they become 13 and then they acquire counter evidence against Christianity well, and then they abandon okay, it. So, and so the really weird thing is that recently in my life, my brother has started attending church. Oh, yeah? On his own will. How old's no, your brother? Uh, he is three years younger than me, so he's 13. Okay. So we were never raised to go to church, mm-hmm. right? Um, my family has always been kind of religious, kind of not, right? It's been a very weird, like, well, we kind of believe in God, we kind of don't. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially, my brother um i don't know why i just found an urge and will to go to church um and he goes to the methodist church but mainly because it's the closest church. yeah he can walk there yeah he, he walks there um but also my mom and sister attend with him okay i personally don't uh-huh. right and that's mainly because i don't see a purpose in going to a church right and I understand it being the place of holy worship. Like I understand that part, but I don't personally understand the um, part in going to church for 80 years of my life to read the same damn Bible verses over and over again. Okay. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Like I can understand learning religion, right. For like Mm -hmm. uh, five years, 10 years, whatever. I don't understand doing it for the rest of your life because at some point, don't you have a complete understanding of the Bible? Like, Mm. I wouldn't say so. 
I mean, I don't feel like you ever can, can have a complete understanding of something, but don't you get to the point where it's so repetitive that it's pointless? I mean, you can, especially if you have different interests, but church should be more about the community and it should be about the beliefs. Okay. So say he goes to church for the community of it, right? Uh-huh. I play video games for the community of it. Like that's like one of the main reasons I play video games is mm-hmm. not only to escape real world, problems, <laughs> right? which is a very real fact. Most oh, yeah, people, yeah. most people play video games to escape their um, problems in the real oh, yeah, world. Yeah. Um, that's documented. Very yeah. Well. And um, I also play video games for the community of people that share a passion of what of, uh, of a passion that I have. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing is that through um, both video games and church, right? That's weird comparing the two, right? But um, through video games, I can find people who enjoy other things that I do, right? Mm-hmm. And through church, you can find people that enjoy other things that you do. Like, for example, um, I have friends on my <coughs> um, video games that I've, like, I met my be- one of my best friends so in a most random way, right? Uh-huh. He lives in Pocatello, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, very close right and okay. the fact of the matter is that not a lot of people play video games <laughs> in idaho right oh. it's a very it's a very more ranching kind of thing hmm. right and um so we I, I get into a random game of call of duty right and we kind of start talking right and then they add him as a friend and i'm like so where do you live and he's like oh yeah two and a half hours away whatever and i'm like what you live two and a half hours away from me and he's like what and I'm like, yeah. And it was very weird. And we still haven't met in person, but we've been we've been communicating for six years almost every day. Like we're very close now, like almost to the point of like childhood friendship. Mm. And I'm now almost 17. Um, and he is now 21. Mm. So it's a very it's a very weird thing to understand, but like you can find so many different things through so many different communities. Right. And I can see why attending church is a very um communal thing yeah and i mean back to the idea of the bible the bible in is a hyperlinked text so Mm -hmm. every single sentence refers to some other sentence yeah and in theory if it is inspired by god then there is no bottom to it Uh, it's a a never-ending yeah but on the on the community side of it it's people like you're saying people cannot do the same things as individuals that we can do as communities yeah and so that's partly what the church is, is it's in, I mean, the Bible describes the church as the body of Christ. It's the organ. Um, it's the physical manifestation of these people, Okay. like you're saying. And it's the, you know, because what church is, is the meeting of the people with the ideas. And so you have, I don't know. It, it's again it's this it's this dichotomy which i would call by the way the supernatural and the natural dichotomy because i think that what you're describing say the progress in the game is a supernatural and then the levels of the game is the natural or we could say it's um in greek terms the mythos and the logos and those actually meet in the church and they meet in the person they meet in each one of us we're both natural and supernatural and so that's why the church is there is because it, it's the meeting place of those things you don't just have the person and you don't just have the beliefs you have the person and the beliefs and they're in community in the church that's that's supposed to be the the power of it but yeah no okay i see that yeah all right <laughs> i mean i mean i i really do think that um Religion is um, what I perceive as a scam. Um, 
<laughs> which sounds really odd but i'm not using like the general broad sense of scam right but i do definitely think that some churches run a scam program like um i think that the donation of money seeing um almost seen as a requirement in churches is kind of um scamming the church i go to they have a box in the corner where you can give money privately yeah. if you want to yeah but in the uh, in the in the methodist um, church which i attended they would pass around a bolt and you know everyone would kind of look at you in your hand when you got it and you're like Shit, better put money in it. <laughs> it's, it's, it feels like kind of a scam uh-huh. um but i'm not saying that all of religion is a scam i'm i do think that i can definitely see what you're saying um i do think that some people use the um religious intents of people um as a mm-hmm. um, scamming point mm-hmm. and to manipulate people oh yeah for sure but that is um something that everyone does with everything yep like you can manipulate people off of anything yep so i don't know i kind of think my thought is now, you know, if you want God to be true, or I mean, or if you do have this idea, which I think is correct, of the progress in the game and then the skill level, like, why not start the progress? Why not attend church? Yeah, that's the progress. Well, so basically, I have tried progressing the game before. Yeah, but you have to do it consistently. Yeah. Um, let's look at it in a um, kind of. Um, what's I forget like um, essentially you stand on a block for too long and it falls right uh-huh. and you start over again so let's look at it in that term um, I'm constantly moving around on the top layer attending church every day right mm-hmm. I stop attending church for a little bit I fall down a level no Does that makes sense well I guess you could put it that way but not necessarily I don't think that's necessarily how it works. Well, okay, let's say, okay. I think it's like- You can also send back up, let's say like that. I think it's like what you're saying with your community of video games, it's a community. And so if you want to be a part of it, you have to participate in it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's not a level, it's the progress like you're yes. talking about. Um. So the, so I don't have the required skill points. And then what I mean by that is I don't have like the um, evidence. evidence that I Sure. Like. So, um that's something that i can't personally change i have to wait for that to come to me which i i have full perhaps reason. or you could read like evidence and I examine could. it and see if you like it or not yeah <laughs> but um i'm looking for like scientific evidence in the way that uh, we have scientific evidence of the way that um gravity works okay like uh, like a most definitely like hard to disprove evidence you know not a i have to try to go out and prove it kind of thing mm-hmm. um I have tried attending church before and I really just, I get frustrated with church. It's a very frustrating thing for me. I, can see, I that. see it. I see it as a waste of time. Almost. <laughs> like I feel like I should be productive. Like uh-huh. on Sundays, everyone's closed down and everything. Right. Uh-huh. And I don't see it as like a, Oh, I should sit back and relax. I see it as a, well, I should go and get shit done while nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, and what do you usually do Sunday morning? Um, Sunday morning. I don't know. I live a very erratic lifestyle. I live a very... Yeah, so nothing, basically. Yeah. So you could be doing going to church. I could be. Um, (laughs) But most of the time, um, I wake up by the time they get back from church. Oh, okay. Okay. I sleep in. Um, Makes sense. It depends, really, because sometimes on Sunday mornings, I'll wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I'll wake up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So... It's hard um, to predict. Yeah, it really is. Um, I hate living on a schedule. I really do. I think that living on a schedule almost um, prohibits you from living a full life. Or you could um, have more of a schedule and more of a consistent sleep cycle, more of a consistent eating cycle. 
and actually be consistent. So <laughs> that's, that's an option. So I see that. Yeah, I can, I can see that point. Um, but I think that um, the sleep, yeah, the sleep could be fixed, right? Yeah. But I feel like setting out a schedule for something to happen every day, like um, 8 o'clock, I make breakfast. 10 o'clock, I go to work. Um, 8 o'clock, I get off of work. I make dinner. I go to sleep at 10, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like living on a very scheduled life like that is not a way to live. Okay. You know, I feel like living an erratic lifestyle almost... Um, <laughs> Um, accentuate, accent, uh, ex- accentuates. Yeah, that's the word. Can't say it still. Mm-hmm. Um, your lifestyle. Um, I like to live very um, on the like spontaneously. Up, yeah, like I don't know what my plans are for tomorrow whatsoever. Mm. But tomorrow will come and I will find. We're gonna be playing to a basketball game tomorrow, so remember that. Oh yeah, I probably should remember that. See, there's, there's there's some things though that you can't like not schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's very hard to figure so out. So you're basically time. just saying you don't know if you can go to church or not because of the schedule. Well, no, that that and it frustrates me. It really does. <laughs> what what part of it? The absolute politeness of everybody. The what? The politeness of everybody. Oh, it just it. That's also why I hate one of the kids on our team is because he's just absolutely too nice and it just upsets me. I don't know what it is about that. It's it's impossible to bully him too. I've tried. I've tried to make him meaner and you can't. I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about, right? I don't know. Um, he's just so nice that it upsets me. Okay. I don't, and it's like that way with a lot of people. Okay. You know? I feel like you have to like have some sort of like level of being mean like or else you just i think that's what it is it's the portrayal of perfect of perfectness that upsets me okay that i think that nothing can truly be perfect so that upsets me okay and you feel like people at church act like they're perfect or what um i feel like the confidence and ego of a lot of people that attend church in a religious sense they think they're better than the people who do not attend church Mm. but that's not everybody i'm saying like in a majority sure well, but I also, sense. but I also think that um, I'm better than people who don't play video games. Like mm-hmm. this is it's a thing that everyone does with everything. Yep, with their group. Yep, and it's like you can't you can't um, avoid that. Really, it's really hard to avoid that. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to go to church, just let me know, and I can take you to my church. <laughs> yeah, and that's also something. Like it's a lot. Uh, it's very confusing um, to figure out what church and like what religion I believe in and identify with Mm -hmm. but that's That's part of because personally i don't like i'm not really a big fan of the catholicism okay yeah that makes sense i i personally would rather um be buddhist (laughs) i no i really do think that um buddhism is the religion i would align with okay um i personally believe that self-enlightenment is the key and that um i don't know it's just really interesting um if I had to choose one, I would definitely choose Buddhism. Mm-hmm. But also living in uh, the United States, let alone, is very hard to find Buddhism. And also um, being in the part of the United States that we are in, it's very hard to find Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Mainly the only thing you can find, I think, what is it? Um, isn't 58% of the United States Catholicism? Oh, no, definitely not. More? Or yeah, this is definitely more Protestant than Catholic. Or, sorry, Protestant. Same thing. Uh-huh. Believing in the Jesus Christ thing. Yeah. Um, Christianity. Yeah. That's what it's called. Christianity. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Because Christ-anity. 
uh-huh. Christianity. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense now. Um, are there any religions that believe in like a um, like the same God without the Jesus Christ part? Uh, Judaism. Okay. Islam believes that Jesus Christ was a prophet, but not God. Okay. Uh-huh. So, so most um, Christian or uh, Christian religions believe in the Holy Trinity, like the three holy things, right? Like the Trinity, um, which is like the God. What's what's the Holy Trinity? Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, so most I think all of um, Christianity believes in that, right? Yeah, there are some people who are quote unquote biblical Unitarian, but they're pretty um, sparse. See, and that's my issue is that there's just so many different things to align yourself with and it's like hard to figure that out you know it can be hard but it can be worth it too it could be most hard things are worth it Mm. are they i mean i would say so are they i mean i would say so yes i i I think that you can find enjoyment through things that are easy okay you can find an enjoyment through things that are easy but you can also find meaning in things that are hard Okay, um, what meaning do I find in the difficulty of my job? Well, maybe your job isn't meaningful. Maybe, maybe it's just it's miserable. miserable. It is miserable. <laughs> right, but you can look at that and see what are the positive things that are happening through this. This is back to the suffering question. Yeah, is it meaningless or is it meaningful? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I'm not really quite sure. I mean, some things are miserable but there can be good that is derived from them love to have all the answers on this like anyone else but like i just can't be 100 sure in anything you know like it's very the only thing i can be 100 sure in is um the fact that i need money to live (laughs) what about the fact that you exist taxes what about the fact that you exist can't why not uh because what if i don't what do you mean like i'm pretty damn sure it exists but also <laughs> like <laughs> i can't be 100 percent sure in anything like 99.999 decimal repeating okay but even sure. if you doubt the fact that you exist that entails that you are doubting which entails that you are existing uh if that defines existence then yes so then but you do exist. exist but how do we know for 100 sure that the um, doubting means existence because in order to doubt, you must exist. Do we? I mean, in, you, that's again, you're doubting. And so that entails that there is something behind you that, or whatever you is, that is doing the doubting. Or what if it's all just an illusion, a facade of life? Well, it's, self, it's self-defeating, though. There's no, even your, okay, so even, even So that. I do exist. So the only thing I can say for sure is that I exist. I mean, you could say that, or you could take it a step further. Have you ever, probably not. You should uh, read some Descartes. Yeah, he was a philosopher, and that was his idea. Okay. But anyways, if you ever if you ever want to go to church, then let me know. I'll okay. take you to my church. Okay. Sounds good. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know. Did you want to talk about anything else? I don't think so. I think that might be it. I think that was a good conversation. I think it was too. I don't know. I don't. I feel like my ideologies have changed a little bit. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, still not sure if there's a whole god thing. You know, that remains the same. But you do have um, the progress in the levels, and those are different things. That's that's good to distinguish. Yeah, I'm really glad I just. That's the biggest thing I've taken away from this is that I've distinguished that that there's a um there's both sides that I need to acquire. I think that that we had three big points. Um, one of them was that the and that entails supernatural natural then the morality thing 
And then the, what does it mean to be a Christian in terms of regeneration and you're a sinner? Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had other things in there too, but we definitely had a few other things. <laughs> Killing puppies with baseball. Bats. Well, that was the morality. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what was the what was the very beginning of our conversation? Now you're talking about podcasts and your podcast and all these other. Oh, and then we got onto the idea of um, cults. Yeah. 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 Okay. That was a very linear progression. Yeah, that was kind of irrelevant though. Yeah, we, it was a very linear progression though. Yeah. I mean, from like um, podcasts to YouTubers. Yeah. To uh, YouTuber who does history. <laughs> to history. To history of cults. <laughs> to cults to religions mm-hmm. and then from religion to you know morality yeah blah 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 blah, blah, blah. um i can send you this recording if you want nah just post it but i could post it and you could post it on your podcast feed if you wanted to i don't even have a channel set up yet okay well if you ever do want it then just let me know and i can okay send good. it to you i think i messed up the recording then okay